Welcome to Pleasure Doing Business, the podcast for business owners and entrepreneurs who want to grow their business and have a ton of fun along the way. The podcast is brought to you by the world-famous accounting firm, Teed Saunders Doyle. Well, welcome back to the Pleasure Doing Business podcast. We're here for another exciting episode. We were just talking a lot about beer before we hit record. We've got a couple of special guests here. Really excited about this episode. I think everyone listening is going to learn a lot about uh, a number of different things, including HR and culture and leadership and all kinds of good stuff that you can apply in your business. And that'll be courtesy of our special guest who joins us today uh, from the Chapman Group. And our special guest is Tanya Chapman. Welcome to the show, Tanya. Thanks very much. Happy to be here. Well, we're very happy to have you here. Um, and we're going to dive into a lot more about what you do uh, in a moment. But our special guest co-host is a man you've heard on the podcast several times before. He needs no introduction, but I'm going to introduce him anyway. Mr. Andrew Logan, partner in the St. John office of Teed. Saunders Doyle, where we happen to be sitting today. Welcome, Andrew, back to the show. Thanks, Andy. It's it's always a pleasure to do business with you. Especially, <laughs> That's well said. Well, especially when we have great beer. Well, tell us about the beer. What are we drinking today? Well, look, at you know, um, good find today, by the way. Um, Thank you. I, I have never heard of this before. The, the, the company's called Cavoc Brewing Co., and they're out of Dieppe. Um, and today's uh, flavor is a great honey ale. And the really cool thing about this um, about this beer, um, it's called Legere Corner. And I, I, I just read inside the can that that was actually the name of the town of Dieppe many, many moons ago. Um, and because of uh, the uh, heroics of, uh, of uh, some World War II stuff, uh, that particular town got renamed to Dieppe after the town of France. Anyway, there you go. A little provincial history lesson. But... The beer is particularly good. We were just commenting about um, the color. It's a great amber. Um, I guess that would be honey because that's why they call it a honey ale. But the flavor is very crisp and very fallish. And um, um, for those who are not heavy into the into the hop scene, um, it's not very hoppy. And it's a bit light at 4.8% alcohol. So um, I like it. What could be a good find? Might be hitting my fridge for this weekend coming. Okay, that, that that sounds like two thumbs up from Andrew sure. Logan. Tanya, what do you think? Mm, I think it's really good, and I really like uh, the indicator on the label that says it's perfectly paired with spicy dishes, your new sunglasses, and your college friends. It makes me feel really young. <laughs> I like that too. Yeah, uh, I just think that this is a fantastic beer. It tastes great, and a, a lot of useful information, and a lot of not so useful information on the can. <laughs> so well done, Kavok. Kavok. We're not quite sure how to pronounce it. C A V O K. C A V O K. Maybe yeah. the K silent. We'll put a link in the show notes to how to find these guys. But uh, yeah, give it a shot. Leger or Leger Corner, the former name of Dieppe, New Brunswick. So we learned something here today. Good stuff. Great. Tanya, your uh, group, the Chapman Group according to your website, is a strategic management consulting company specializing in developing human resource strategies and plans, facilitating change, and building learning and leadership programs. So that's a, uh, a bit of a mouthful. So can you break that down for the listener? What is it exactly that you, you strive to accomplish with your work with your clients? Yeah, well, actually, we do four things. The, um, the first thing that we do is really help organizations, both for profit and profit, uh, get really clear about their strategic plan. So we help uh, get clarity around where organizations want to take the business in the future. 
So we do strategic planning, operational planning, scorecarding, anything that helps solidify the vision so that organizations understand their strategic goals and their priorities. Um, and we do that because the second pillar of work that we that we really enjoy uh, and have great clients who work with us in is all about human resource projects. So everything from understanding an employee value proposition, the give and the get, for example, for, for companies to really get clear about uh, what they're offering employees, um, performance management systems, doing recruitment projects, creating talent strategies, um, Anything that really has a beginning and an end related to human resource capital, uh, that's the second stream of work. And the reason why we do the first stream is so that we can get clarity to do the second stream. You know, the secret sauce is in connecting those two pieces together. The third thing we do is act as the HR department for organizations under 100 people. Oftentimes, uh, companies don't want to invest in a full-time HR resource, and nor do they really need to until they get to a size that requires that and uh, as a result, we become their HR department um, by having on-site HR support and then also leveraging the resources of the rest of the team when required uh, based on the, uh, the talent strategy for the organization. And the fourth thing we do is leadership development and management training. And uh, again, it's about building capability and capacity so that people can lead organizations and that, um, so that individuals in organizations can reach their full potential. Um, so we're pretty excited about our work, and uh, we've been doing this now for almost seven years. Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe it's been that long. The other exciting part of our business is that we give 10% of our time back to not-for-profits for free in our, our in-kind consulting services. Um, what we've found over the last number of years is that um, in order to increase socioeconomic conditions in the province, people need good consulting advice. And that can sometimes be expensive. So we want to offer that to our not-for-profit organizations. And we also do some work with entrepreneurs um, simply because we we like to invest in the future of the province. Fantastic. Well, we can speak from Tietz Honors Doyle's perspective that uh, we have uh, availed ourselves of your services and have been very uh, happy with with the output there and we're working with you guys. and drawing that sort of alignment between strategy and HR and people and processes, it's uh, it's been it's been wonderful. Yeah, I would echo those comments. I mean, the the for small organizations that, especially in our sector, service sector, where HR is so critical, and we you know we as accountants in particular do a very bad job at managing that and, and having the ability to sort of um, get what we need, but at the at, at the same scope as what we need is, mm-hmm. is a really valuable service. Yeah, well, I think the the thing for us is that um, when we partner with organizations, it's not it's not often just for the short term. We like to stay with organizations as they grow and develop and and accomplish their strategic priorities. So for us, you know, working with clients like Teet Saunders Doyle is really important to us because again, it goes to that. Uh, really good capability that we have here in the province, and just working together to build on that. Yeah. Absolutely. Making the local people better. Making the local people better. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you see in your work, Tanya, in terms of the like the number one or two or three mistakes that small businesses make uh, in the areas that you help them with? 
Well, you know, it's interesting because I think we, we're, we're a small business ourselves. And I would say this, the um, mistake that we make and that we see others make is um, spending so much time working in the business that we're not working on the business. So, you know, to stop and, and do something like a strategic plan or implement a performance management system, even if you have a handful of employees, sometimes that feels like it's a really onerous task because we need to be out selling. We need to be out working uh, with our clients and making sure that we do everything that we need to do to increase our revenue base. Um, so I think that's the biggest mistake is not investing back in the business the same kind of time and energy that you invest outside of the business creating a client base. Mm. Uh, because it does take time and energy and effort. And if you do it right, then it becomes just part of your business and you see that return on investment. But that upfront investment is is sometimes difficult for individuals, for companies, organizations to, mm. to pause and to do that. Have you been, have you seen uh, clients where there's a disconnect between uh, the strategy side or or maybe there's no strategy? So they've got an HR process in place and they wonder why it's not working. Yeah. And uh, there's there's a disconnect between strategy and HR or maybe there's no strategy. Is that fairly common? Yeah, it is. It's very common. Yeah. Uh, you know, often we'll get a call and somebody will say, "Oh, can you help us with our performance management system?" And my first question is, "Absolutely. Uh, tell me what you're trying to accomplish." Mm -hmm. Uh, as part of your organizational goals. And uh, just even that one question helps people pause and say, oh, you know what, we're not really clear about that. Well, if you're not clear as the owner or as leadership team, then it's very difficult for the rest of the organization to, to get clear. Uh, so yeah, I think that's that's one of the areas where you know asking great questions is really important for us so that people can understand, you have to start with why, you have to start with your sense of purpose you know, your strategic priorities, where are you growing? Are you, is it about growth for you or is it about operational excellence? Is it about increasing client base or is it about an, an exceptional client experience? And uh, that kind of clarity is really critical in order for you to ensure that your talent is developing um, their capabilities to help support the strategic goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's the, uh, the number one thing that we, we talk about with our clients. Yeah, I can echo. I mean, those comments about working, you know, in your business, we do a lot of work with entrepreneurs. And I mean, those are people who have a passion of something that's driven them to business. And, you know, that, that passion can often, you know, overshadow things that they need to do. And they get to a certain point in their development and then things grind to a halt or things stall and they can't figure it out. And it's always, you know... Take a step back. What are you trying to accomplish? Why are you trying to do what you're trying to do? Those are the types of questions, and they're great questions to ask people, and, and, and it usually drives towards strategy and the disconnect and, mm -hmm. and building those bridges so that they can they can achieve their goals. And, and I think there's something um, called the founder's trap, which means we become our own bottlenecks. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, one of the, the, uh, the opportunities in order to scale for growth is for that founder to build a professional management team even if you only have a few people how are you building a professional management team to take you to the next level and how are you pushing decision making forward how are you measuring performance how are you articulating what performance even looks like and uh, that will help us overcome the uh, the bottleneck scenario because 
We are successful because we are passionate and we have a sense of purpose and maybe a great idea. Uh, But at some point, that growth will peter out if we're not very deliberate about creating systems and management practices and processes and, frankly, human resource talent plans that help support us in the growth. A victim of our own success. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I was poking around on your website and you've got some great sort of, I guess, case studies or stories or testimonials or whatever you want to call them. Uh, And one of those clients of yours described you as the miracle of Tanya Chapman. (laughs) As far as testimonials go, that's pretty good. What do you say, Andrew? It's pretty strong. So how does it feel to be uh, referred to as the miracle of Tanya Chapman? Well, um, I, I think it feels a little uncomfortable, frankly. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think there are any miracles. I think there's a lot of hard work, and I think there are a lot of great questions. And uh, when, we, uh, when we work with our clients, I, I'm very pleased that somebody feels that uh, a miracle has occurred in some way, but it's not without um, our clients' commitment to their people. So I think, you know, when I think about that, it's really about facilitating their process and uh, helping individuals, teams, and companies understand that there is um, there's transformation to be had and can help them consider the art of the possible and then help them with the plan to get there. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's the miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think it's really, really about them, not about me. Yeah. Well, that was a very self-effacing Whoa. answer, wasn't it, Andrew? Wow. Huh? Come on. <laughs> I tell you, if someone referred to me as the miracle of anything, I'd be shouting it from the rooftops. So. Yeah, well, it's, it is a lovely comment. You'd have sure. a cape. You'd drive a cool car. <laughs> That's right. Uh. I have no cape. Well, it's not a segue, but uh, it's not a cape. I forgot. So this, oh. these are for you, and the listener, wow. of course, cannot see these, but we'll put a picture on the website. So we have T. Saunders Doyle branded socks made by the uh, Jeff Alpod custom. I and, love them. Uh, and so this is our new gift for our <laughs> podcast guests. Look, Andrew Logan has a pair on oh, right now. Wow, yeah, they're very colorful. Very colorful. So you want to you want to pick your spots when you when you wear these, but they're very comfortable. So shout out to Jeff uh, Alpa for uh, helping they're us great. get those. Um, and apologies to all prior podcast guests that did not receive a pair of these socks, but. You know, you were timing is early. everything. Well, I'll make everything. sure that we have a picture of these on our Facebook. Okay, perfect. Uh, yeah, as we as we uh, release our podcast, we'll make sure that we have pictures to go with it. Awesome. Uh, I wanted to ask you also, uh, since we're on a lighter note at the moment, I have called you Tracy Chapman yes. in the past. Yes. And Can you sing? <laughs> I cannot sing. Look, I got a couple of Tracy Chapman songs that are really yeah, good. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I probably get Tracy Chapman about twice a week. Okay. And I wish I could sing like Tracy Chapman. <laughs> but you, do you drive a fast car? I don't. I drive a Subaru. <laughs> but you can play fast car while I can driving drive your Subaru. Fast, uh, yeah, fast car while I'm driving as fast as a Subaru will take me. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. felt so bad that one of the first times I met you. Thanks, Tracy. <laughs> uh, but it makes me feel better that other people have yeah, It's a common thing. occurrence. Okay. Good, good, good. Uh, leadership and culture are two other areas I know you're passionate about. So what? Um, how do you help uh, businesses work on those two aspects? Yeah. Well, I think... Uh, We'll talk leadership first. Um, when you think about leadership, it does go back to, I guess, the founder or the CEO or the president or sometimes the executive director, depending on the construct of the organization. 
it starts with what I call tone at the top. So first of all, um, you know, it's really about ensuring that whoever is considered the leader and their leadership team, that uh, she sets the tone at the top. And part of that is uh, talking about the vision, talking about the mission, talking about the strategy, uh, and also talking about what performance looks like. What are the results we're going after? What are the behaviors that are appropriate around here? Um, how do how do we get motivated to perform in a way that delivers whatever we need to deliver? And then walking the talk, uh, because tone at the top is really the most important in my mind. Um, and that starts off with being clear about what it is that we're going after, and then how does the leadership team support that in achieving their results, in uh, demonstrating exemplary behaviors, and in um, demonstrating that they're motivated to drive whatever purpose they're driving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's the first part. And then it's really about building capability and capacity. Um, you know, leadership teams you're never done learning. Lifelong learning is one of the best traits a leader can demonstrate. And uh, whatever that, whatever way you're sharpening the saw is a really, it's, it's really critical to talk about it because then other people have permission to also talk about what they need to develop. Um, I think the, uh, it's the, the big thing is congruence between what we say and what we do. Mm -hmm. But you know, we work with companies who say, oh yeah, I have a really flexible work environment. Mm -hmm. But then we might be in there and they'll be looking at their watches saying, well, I don't know where so-and-so is. It's four o'clock and they should be at their desk. Uh, so I think that that congruence congruency is really important to for people to um, understand what's acceptable and what isn't acceptable and how you're moving your organization forward. So I think leadership is absolutely critical. Um, in thinking about moving organizations for growth to, you know, increase their revenue to drive their performance, it all starts with that leadership team. Mm -hmm. um, and then if we think about culture, um, culture is really an outcome. It's an outcome of everything that we do. Uh, our informal processes, our formal processes, it's part of our management practices, it's part of how people are treated, it's what people see, feel, and hear. It's what's on the wall. You know, it's what kind of desk you sit at. So all of that culminates in your culture. And I think sometimes we assume that we can change culture, but culture is like a big ship that takes a long time to turn because there are so many levers around culture, mm. uh, including things like your leadership, um, your leadership team, your people, their capability, um, the processes you have in place, your work environment, uh, whether or not your rewards are aligned to your to your strategy and to your uh, to what you're intending, even your organizational structure. So there are so many factors of culture that really a deliberate plan to um, to change it is required, and it takes time. Mm -hmm. There's so no there's no simple fix to. So if we, you're saying if we put a foosball table in, we're not cool? <laughs> I say you're, you're very cool. All right. But it does certainly say something about your work environment. And it's actually one of the reasons why we love working with boutique firms like Teet Saunders Doyle. You actually have the, the, um, the uh, capacity to, to change things like that, that big organizations take a long time to change. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but if you think about the work environment here, open concept, uh, some of the things like we talked about, um, having an event during a, a gallery hop, all of that speaks to who you are and how you do your work. And it also even speaks to the, the clients that you want to attract, frankly. And uh, that's all about your internal and external culture. Mm-hmm. And it also helps. I don't know, Tanya, have you ever uh, seen the Logan and Logan show in action? No, I haven't. It is. I mean, talk about culture. <laughs> when you get Andrew and Peter Logan uh, ad-libbing in front of the office, while uh, uh, HR departments often scurry for cover... <laughs> The laughs that uh, occur uh, are simply second to none. So you should try to catch that Logan and Logan show yeah, at some point. Very good. Yeah, it's well. Yeah, we've HR has never been our forte. I'll reiterate <laughs> that point. I made it a few minutes. Hence the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think laughter. You know, it's interesting. I walked in here a few minutes ago, and the first thing I heard was laughter. Um, and I, that's not to say that we don't have lots of serious accounting work going on at Teed Saunders Doyle, but um, the ability for someone to walk in the door and automatically hear laughter and people enjoying themselves and the fun that uh, was occurring behind a door uh, where all everybody sits was just a, a really neat experience. And it speaks to who you are. Yeah, sure. you know, that's an interesting point. One of, and, and maybe this... You know, we, we, we try to have a fairly light culture, but one of our um, students took it upon himself this summer to implement the 3 p.m. stretch routine. So everybody who works in the sort of the bullpen area gets together and there's, you know, 10 or 15 of them. And they go through a bunch of stretches to help sort of limber up for the rest of the day. Yeah. And it's great fun. I mean, it's, you know, people are being silly and laughing but it's uh, it's great you know it's it. just a great way to build a bit of team spirit and mm-hmm. take a little bit of the pressure off of all those debits and credits yeah that's it's really good yeah back to leadership can is leadership can, can it be learned is leadership you know you're born leader often what can people do to improve on their leadership skills mm. well you know I would say leadership is an art and a science mm-hmm. um I think the art part is probably um, there would be people who are not uh, natural leaders, I think, because they have this artistic or artful way in which they they deal with people. Um, but it is a science in that there are tools and techniques and, uh, uh, you know, all kinds of programs that you can go on to enhance your leadership capability. And it's all about thinking about how you're showing up first. So I know leadership, really a leader needs followers. And uh, the most important component is understanding yourself before you even think about understanding others. Uh, Because lots of people are are unaware and there really needs to be an awakening of how they're showing up every day in order for good leadership to occur. So it's understanding your style and adapting it to meet other other styles. It's about ensuring that you have strong communication skills. And again, that's one of those sciences, not necessarily art. Um, it's about making sure that you're transparent, that you have empathy. You know, there are all kinds of different characteristics um, around leadership. And I do think that there are people who have a natural... Um, gift when it comes to leadership, but I also think there there's a lot for anybody to learn, 
And by not investing in your leadership uh, capability, I think you're you're doing yourself and your organization a disservice. Um, yeah, so I think mm-hmm. I think absolutely it can be learned, and there are people who have um, natural leadership tendencies mm-hmm. that once they are shaped, can be exceptional at leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that I uh, think about uh, a bit is. The idea of you want to have great leadership in an organization, but you also want to, uh, in my view, not be sort of a top-down organization where mm-hmm. everything, all the decisions come from the top, and 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 other people in the organization don't feel like they've they've been a part of the process of right. arriving at a decision. How do you how do you navigate that? In your opinion, yeah. well, I actually don't think of leadership as a position. Mm-hmm. When I th- when I think about leadership, I think about it more as a state of being. And uh, if you think about positional leadership, that's just about power. And once you're out of power, your positional leadership goes away. But true leadership, when you have what we call referent leadership, we are leaders because of how we uh, talk to people, because we demonstrate empathy, because we can create a compelling vision for the future and move people toward that vision. Um, And that's not necessarily a... A position or a title that can happen at the age of 16 as mm-hmm. we've been seeing with uh, Greta. with Greta Thunberg yeah so just really um, I think it's really more about developing leaders at all levels of the organization and uh, getting clear that it is not a position it mm-hmm. really is a, a set of behaviors that enable us to be fully who we are as leaders mm-hmm. And then in terms of culture, organizations you've seen that are struggling with culture, mm-hmm. um, and you said that it's a little easier if you're a more of a nimble organization to be able to course correct, turn, mm-hmm. to turn that ship around. What would you say is sort of the, the, the number one lever for, for companies that need to turn that ship around? What, what would they start with first? Yeah, I, I think they st- we, what we start with is... Uh, great understanding of where you want to take the organization and then a gap analysis of a a bunch of different factors and we've already talked a little bit about them but really getting clear about what we're doing well and what isn't aligned to where you want to take the culture Mm -hmm. because if we're unwilling to look at our at our current state then we never get any better self-reflection is the most important or organizational reflection is the most important step in getting um, clear about what you need to do to enhance your culture and uh, you know there there's an organizational effectiveness analysis that you can do basically that's kind of the science again behind the mm-hmm. the yeah, art nerd. yeah um and it is looking at your organizational structure your your capabilities in the organization, the written and unwritten rules, the uh, the way that people feel when they're here, um, so the employee engagement mm. numbers, the and looking at things like, are your reward systems rewarding the right behaviors? Are they rewarding the right performance results? Mm. Um, so yeah, there are a number of different factors, and it really starts with self reflection, mm. and then you can have more intentional planning that goes on to close some of those gaps and to change the way in which the culture is is being felt in the organization. Mm-hmm. 
So as someone who helps companies with strategy and with culture, mm -hmm. where do you stand on uh, Peter Drucker's famous culture eats strategy for breakfast? Absolutely. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I was uh, speaking at a conference yesterday and we talked about that. Mm. Um, your culture is always stronger than your strategy. So you can't work uh, those two elements in isolation. They have to be completely aligned. If, for example, your your strategy is to grow revenue, but you're you're over on the other side rewarding people for cost reduction, mm -hmm. then you have a misalignment. Mm -hmm. If, on one hand, your strategy is to have an exceptional customer experience, but uh, when somebody spends a little bit longer with a customer, we are we create a punitive. Uh, result for that person, then we again have mm -hmm. have a misalignment. So whatever culture is being created, all of those processes, informal, formal, uh, the mores, the standards, the way we're treated, um, all of that will be much stronger than our strategic priorities. So alignment is absolutely critical. Mm -hmm. and, and not just alignment, but integration of those two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm learning a lot here today, Andrew. Dude, you, man, I'm yeah. like notes. I'm taking notes. This is the first podcast I have written notes. Man. Just saying, <laughs> free advice. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah, this podcast is completely self-serving. We're, yeah. oh, yeah. we're just getting a free hour of advice <laughs> it's, all it's all good. But I would say that that is, that is one of the things that is challenging for organizations because over here we have these three, you know, three, five big priorities, but our execution says something completely different. Mm. And then we wonder why we don't achieve the goals that we want to achieve as a business. Uh, and it's really it's really about that consistent approach yeah. and tying those pieces together. So a question I love to answer, I love to uh, ask our guest is, or it's it's a two-parter. Mm -hmm. What do you love about your business and what frustrates you about your business? Yeah. Well, what I love about my business is that I work with like-minded individuals and businesses who are very committed to growing the socioeconomic conditions of the province of New Brunswick. And uh, I love, um, and they range from organizations that have been around for 50 plus years and organizations that are just new, uh, you know, and they range from over 500 people to three people or or even less depending on the the state of their their organization um but they all have that in common similar values similar focus uh similar growth goals not just for their organizations but for our province mm -hmm. and uh really tapping into that untapped potential mm -hmm. that is so critical for us to consider in this day and age mm -hmm. yeah that's what i love every okay. day i get up inspired to do that um, what? It's a miracle. Like that whole thing, that's true. It's a miracle. Like, you know, come on, Tanya. Yeah. Oh, no. Right on. <laughs> it is, uh, I, you know, I have a great job. Yeah. It really is, uh, it really is a gift to be working in this province, in this city, uh, and other cities where we have offices. But it's just been, uh, it's it's been a phenomenal experience. Not because of what we do, but it's who we do it with, frankly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then what frustrates me most? I think what frustrates me most is that we continue to think that we have no expertise in this province. We continue to go outside of the Maritimes for, um, for expertise, for leadership, for consulting services. Uh, we assume that if it's not from here, it's better. We dismiss the homegrown. And uh, I think that's a shame. Mm. That's what frustra- frustrates me most, I would say. And when you say we, who do you mean? You mean government? Do you mean big business? Do you mean everybody? I think it's a mindset. Yeah. I think it's a mindset. I don't think it's a it's one individual or organization in particular. I think it's a mindset. And uh, again, it does come back to a little bit with that humility we talked about at the beginning. Uh, I think we are humble. And sometimes I think that holds us back and I think it prevents us from uh, developing that brand reputation here that is so critical for our success. Mm. So getting back to what you love, you talked about working with people who want to work with businesses who want to increase the socioeconomic conditions of the province. Yeah. So do you, do you really see that? Do you really see businesses that that's sort of one of their top, you know, front burner objectives is, you know, we don't, we don't not only want to grow our own business and employ lots of people, but really what, why we are doing what we're doing is to, you know, help increase the socioeconomic conditions of the province. Do you, yeah. do you really see that that's a front burner thing? For I really do. I think it's a yes. And I think we do want to grow our businesses and we're, you know, we are in business to create great businesses and to have success in that realm. But I work with a lot of not-for-profit boards where I watch business leaders giving up their time to uh, get focused on social causes. Um, I think about the people who I work with who are really excited about not just their top and bottom lines, but about employing people. Uh, I, I just think that it's a, there is a, a set of values here that uh, allows us to be successful in business, make a profit, drive revenue, and at the same time, invest in organizations and people who, um, who are uh, in need of our support and help. And I think that's, for me, the biggest the biggest thing that motivates me. Hmm. So when I work on a not-for-profit board, it wouldn't be uncommon for me to see five business leaders there who are giving their time to that not-for-profit board. Mm -hmm. And and often they aren't just giving it to one board, they're giving it to multiple boards, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, a chamber of commerce board or a, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, first steps housing board or the United Way board, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of commitment to our communities in this province and in the Maritimes. Mm. So I, I mean, I, cause I find that interesting cause you, you can draw the line pretty clearly where if you're volunteering for a nonprofit, you know, you're in it for the right reasons. That's for, you know, to help the community and to help the people and to help the province. Um, but from a business perspective, mm. like a for-profit business perspective to yeah. be in it for the betterment of, you know, conditions in the province. Yeah we talk about mindset in the province and my sense is that um, a lot of New Brunswickers, Maritimers maybe have this antagonistic relationship with business and with profit mm-hmm. and as if it's maybe not a good thing. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't subscribe to that. I think that, uh, you know, creating value through for-profit activities 
helps helps us all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as long as it's done in an ethical uh, way. Yeah. Um, would you agree with that? That with my assessment of of that mindset that yeah. there there might be a a, a difficult relationship with profit and with business for a lot of people in our province? Well, I, I don't know. I haven't really thought about um, about other organizations, but I will say that I think it's a, it is a yes and approach. So I think the economic engine has to be driven by businesses that are focused on profit. No question. Um, because it affords us the ability to do other things like invest in other sectors that maybe we wouldn't have the means to invest in. So if you're if you're really focused on a profitable business and you're also giving back through either time or resources to a cause, that you know it's a win-win. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important for us to to not be concerned about profitability. In fact, I go back to. Uh, focusing on people, profit, and planet. I think, you know, the three Ps, Mm -hmm. the triple bottom line is what we need to focus on. And uh, nowhere in that says people and planet and nowhere in that says just profit. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really, it's really critical for us to to consider Mm -hmm. all three. And to be proud of considering all three. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I I think, um, you know, I think that's a, a fantastic way to frame it up. You know, it's, and, and I think where people get hung up sometimes is, you know, they think it's a, it's a confrontation where there's a winner and a loser. Mm. And there doesn't have to be a winner and a loser. There can be win-win situations, right, where a business is successful because of what it gives back to its community. The business is succeeding. The community is succeeding. It's good. It's a good thing. Yeah. You know, I, Absolutely. I, and I, I, see no, I see no downside for it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, you know, I, I go back to what makes me happiest in my business. You know, I, we're now employing seven full-time people. Mm. And I think back to when I started it, it was me in my sunroom with my dog. Mm. But the economic value that you're creating in creating employment, that's pretty exciting. And it's not just exciting because it means we're profitable. It means that we're investing in our teams and we're investing in building um, a community where people can flourish Mm in small companies and build great skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. What do you do for fun? Well, let me see. What do I do for fun? I really, I would like to say that uh, I have a whole bunch of hobbies, but I really do like to work. And uh, when I when I do um, have time off, I like to work on, on not-for-profit boards. I do a lot of board work. I have a cottage in Prince Edward Island that we spend a lot of time at, and uh, I am a very bad runner. <laughs> <laughs> Which means, what, you don't do it very often? I do my little 5K every week with maybe a couple of 3Ks in there, but I do uh, really enjoy that. So getting outdoors and being able to do that is really important to me. Awesome. I think that yeah. just makes me thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> That's the great thing about the podcast. You cannot... Uh, Open a second beer without everybody knowing. <laughs> but it does taste like more, doesn't it? It does. It's very good. It is really great. This will be on my list. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. If we can do our little, small, teeny part here in the Pleasure Doing Business podcast to promote local craft brews, I think we're yeah. doing all right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What do you got? What do I got? Um... You know, I, I like listening to Tanya speak about uh, 
about leadership. Um, you know, we've, as a small firm, you know, 20, 25 people here and, you know, it, it's, it's always, um, a struggle when days when you think, am I doing the right thing? You know, how, you know, and the thing that gets to me is that, you know, we've got 20 people who work here who depend on us to be successful for their livelihood and, and they have husbands and wives and children. And so there's a lot of, sometimes you feel the pressure you mm-hmm. know, the, uh, on the, um, on being quote unquote the boss. But, um, you know, with, with firms like, like Tanya's and, and the ability to have people come in and help you guide you through some of that process, because I'm a really good accountant. I'm not sure I'm a really good leader. Hopefully I am. I've been at it long enough, but having the ability of a firm like Tanya's to, to provide that expertise and that service to us is, is phenomenal. And, um, I agree with what you said about, about lifetime learning. I mean, it never ends. It never ends, you know, been in the yeah. game a long time, but I can learn every single day. And I think that's, you know, that's exciting. And when we can employ people to come help us, uh, local people and have that ability to get better. It's fantastic. So kudos to you. You've done a great job with us. We're really pleased with, with, with where things have been and where they're going. And uh, we're looking forward to many years of, um, of working together. Great. Us too. Wow. Well, uh, well said, Mr. Logan. That's why I'm here. <laughs> uh, a couple more quick things before we wrap up, Tanya. What sure. would you, what sort of resources, uh, whether they be books or TED Talks or podcasts or would you, uh, you know, that come to mind for business owners that, uh, um, or, or maybe that have helped in your business, grow mm-hmm. your business, or that have helped some of your clients? Other than the resource of having you uh, help them out, of course. But well, you know, I um, I guess there are a couple that I th- come up with uh, right away. One is Grit, Angela Duckworth. That's a great book. talks about how we have to have grit and resiliency in order to be successful. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. The other one I've read recently, and I, and I don't remember the author, is called Burnout. And okay. uh, it's about how we have to ensure that we're closing the stress cycle every day in order to be effective. And uh, that's mm-hmm. a really, that's a great reminder of, um, of ensuring that we are taking care of ourselves and others mm-hmm. when we talk about um, working in our business because uh, it can be very challenging. It can be on your mind, lots of, the, lots of the waking hours and maybe sometimes when you're not supposed to be awake um, and just really uh, enabling yourself and others to take pause and some downtime to, to close out that stress cycle. So those are the two books that, that come to mind for me right now. Awesome. Yeah. Closing the stress cycle every day. I, I'm not, I haven't heard that before. So yeah. what, what do you, what does that mean exactly? So it means that we basically, we get up every day. Uh, we go hard all day long and we never really um, process it. What happens is we just do it again the next day. So creating intentional activities or techniques to shut down that stress from the day mm-hmm. is really important. So whether or not it is uh, for, you know, whether or not it's it's yoga or it's running mm-hmm. or it's walking in the woods or walking your dog or having dinner with your family, whatever it is. But Drinking beer from Kavak Breweries. <laughs> yeah, could be. Absolutely. Or doing a podcast at the end of the day. That's fun, too. But um, having something where you can can intentionally do that is is critical to our mental health. And I just really uh, have been very deliberate about doing that in the last little while. 
Yeah. Uh, fantastic advice. That is. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And the uh, the author is the actually two authors for burnout. Uh, Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski and their their sisters. So they take turns with the advice. Sort of Emily like, and Amelia, their parents probably got burnout trying to uh, of, figure out who they yeah. were talking to. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's awesome. Uh, any last words, Tanya, for uh, our legion of raving fans that are listening to this podcast right now? We have, by the way, you can do. It's interesting all the analytics you can do on podcasts. Like we have listeners in like. 42 different countries. There you go. Uh, and most of those countries are actual real people and not just like bots that, you know, like in Turkey and Russia that um, <laughs> appear on our, on our printouts. But uh, no, we've got, we have, we do have listeners all over the globe because we are world famous, man. World, world famous. famous. Yes. Yes. Our sign. Exactly. What, uh, any last words for uh, maybe a, a budding entrepreneur or someone who might be struggling a little bit in their business or mm-hmm. uh, anything like that that you, you want to leave with, with people? I, th- I think it's just really to get focused on that greater sense of purpose, figure out what your mission is, and uh, don't be afraid to go after it. Because there will be ups and there will be downs, but holding on to that sense of purpose mm-hmm. and the, the why you're in business and the why around doing what you do every day, that's what gets you through the hard times. And it's also what makes the great times great. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Can't top that. That that's better than Tracy Chapman could have there said. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Could you just sing a few? Give more? me one. <laughs> give me one reason to stay here. Oh, that's good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're we're dating ourselves here, but um, that's okay. Tracy Chapman's fantastic. Yes. Timeless. And so is Tanya Chapman. So thank you very much, Tanya, well, thank for, you for spending this time with us today. Thank you, Andrew Logan. Anytime, sir. Always a pleasure to spend time with you. Uh, particularly when we're sampling some craft yes, and uh, talking to a special guest. So really appreciate it. For those listening, if you are an accountant, by the way, we uh, our team is growing at Teeth Owners Doyle. So uh, check out our website. And, uh, and we, we do have several job openings. So check it out and let us know if you're interested. Also, raving fans of the podcast, please make sure to go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to us and rate us. That would be really helpful. Share this with your friends, your family, your co-workers, because as I said, we're growing fast. So get on the train now. The Pleasure Doing Business podcast for Andrew Logan and for, don't call me Tracy, Tanya Chapman. This is Andy Clark saying it's been a pleasure doing business. Thanks for checking out this episode of Pleasure Doing Business, brought to you by Teed Saunders Doyle, chartered professional accountants and advisors, where you'll always find world-class expertise with a personal touch. Join us next time for more interviews and insights on building and running your business and having a ton of fun along the way.